0: And joining us now, Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at Stone X with Market Analysis. Arlen, as we take a look at the graded oilseed trade first, relatively quiet day there. I know we had USDA Ag Outlook Forum numbers early this morning, wondering if that had any impact. Uh, and then also maybe some w- quietness on Wall Street uh, here today. Just wondering your thoughts on this graded oilseed trade and what is kind of driving us here today.
1: It's kind of a quiet consolidation day with a little bit of a softer tone to it across the board in the markets be it the stocks or the commodities this morning. We see a little bit more bounce in the crude oil market. Um, But when you look at USDA's outlook form numbers that were released early this morning, not a big impact. We did see new crop November soybeans pop a little bit when the numbers first come out because USDA is not calling for an increase in acreage this year. Um, And the trade had been expecting that there would be an increase in acreage. But really what it all boils down to, the primary numbers that matter out of this week's USDA, Outlook for them are its yield estimates for the coming year. Not that those yield estimates you know reflect any type of great wisdom or anything but they are the yield estimates that will likely be in usda's wasdi report containing its first balance sheets for the 23-24 marketing year so whether they're right or wrong they're the numbers that will be traded when that balance sheet comes out essentially most everything else that was released from usda in those uh outlooks this morning will probably change before the may um, WASD crop report that has those new 2324 marketing year balance sheets in it the acreage numbers that are in there are immaterial because USDA next week will be surveying farmers on what their actual intentions are that will be reported in March 31 that is the acreage numbers that'll be in the WASD report unless something dramatic happens to, to change the, those intentions ahead of that release of that May report uh, most of the usage numbers will also change But those yield numbers will probably be what USDA uses, and that does have some effect. Those yield numbers were record high for both corn and soybeans. In fact, the corn yield is almost five bushels above the previous record high.
0: Now, Arlen, I know on top of those numbers uh, from USDA, really these markets, the backdrop here, geopolitical risks still out there. I know China, Russia at the forefront of that. I've seen some talk that Ukraine wants to extend the grain deal and maybe try to include a few more ports. Uh, So obviously a lot of geopolitical factors are going to be swirling around these markets uh, continuing for some time, I would think.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think the market is now assuming that the grain initiative that allows grain to go out of three ports in the Odessa area will continue as it currently is, maybe a few tweaks here and there. Probably no ports added because Russian troops occupied territory too close to the Mykolaiv uh, ports that uh, Ukraine would like to see added to the list. You, and Russia's probably going to continue to slow walk the expo- uh, the inspections of those ships. and. They also know that Ukraine's production is declining, so Ukraine's going to have a decreasing amount of grain to export over the next year or two, as well as this goes on. But the bottom line is is the geopolitical risks are increasing. China has gotten involved directly this week, meeting with European leaders and meeting in Moscow with Russian leaders. That um, It's expected to propose a peace plan at the end of this week. Um, I do not expect that to be a peace plan that the West will find acceptable. Um, The question is will China become involved by providing more lethal means of weapons for Russia to use to help defend itself because it's in China's best interest not to have russia defeated in this war and the west is determined to commit enough to ukraine to prevent it from losing in this war meanwhile we're also increasing tensions with the commitment as wall street journal reported this morning to send more troops to taiwan to help the training exercises to help it defend itself against the chinese attack as well so we're at all-time highs in our in our geopolitical risks with China and uh, perhaps with Russia as well.
0: And also, real quick, livestock trade, cattle up a little bit today, hogs a little bit lower. I know with the cattle market, maybe some reaction to the news, uh, Brazil halting exports of beef to China as they found that mad cow disease uh, case, that BSE case in Brazil. Wondering if that's maybe the, the biggest driver in the cattle market today, Arlen.
1: Yeah, and what a lot of people don't realize is China has very quietly become one of our top export customers of beef. And uh, with the atypical case of uh, um, of mad cow disease in Brazil and shipments from Brazil to China being shut off for the time being, that is expected to certainly provide some support for US beef sales to China. That's providing some support. We already had strengthening fundamentals, but with our supplies tightening up, we'll get a cattle on feed report coming out tomorrow, expected to show on feed numbers down nearly 4% from year-ago levels as that trend continues due to our shrunken cow herd that's been contracting the last couple of years, Uh, our carcass weights continue to decline, um, and so beef supplies generally been running 6 to 8% below year-go levels in the weekly data and that's expected to continue.
0: And that is Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX, for our midday commentary. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk markets more with Brian Doherty of Total Farm Marketing. We'll also get our February Progressive Agriculture Foundation safety message update talking about burns in the home and on the farm with Jana Davidson of the Progressive Agriculture Foundation. This has been the Market Talk Midday commentary for Thursday, February 23rd. I'm Jesse Allen reporting.